morning, everyone. <laughs> um, great to see you all. Yeah, it's lucky to see so many visitors. Yeah, so welcome. Some of the friends also joined to come visit today. So it's lucky to see you guys here. Um, yeah, so my name is Gunter. For those of you who don't know me, um, yeah, one of the elders here in the church. And yeah, just a bit of bit background of myself. So to get to know me, it's not just this foreign person standing there. Um, yeah. <laughs> But uh, so I, I grew up in the area here. Years ago, um, I went to boarding school um, for a few years, well, five years. <laughs> Luckily, didn't miss a grade. And then um, also what happened then, or, I, I felt I wanted to become an industrial engineer. So for me, that was the goal, industrial engineer. I like people, I like maths, and I like business. So mix those three together and you get an industrial engineer. And, um, yeah, they're usually the ones with a bit more personality, so hopefully it will also come. <laughs> and they like the braai. So that's, that's what I observed in my university days. But, um, yeah, so I wanted to do that, but I did feel the Lord um, asked me to do a gap year. So I then I saw him, I felt TMT, the Bible school, which is now part of Josh Jen. And it's through, through them that I actually, um, yeah, I sort of became part of the Josh Jen story. Um, and then after that, I was keen to do full-time ministry, study theology for three years, but the Lord spoke again and says, no, I wanted to go to Stellenbosch to study. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'll do that. I think sometimes we think, yeah, theology, that's a lot of all, if you get saved, just go do theology. But no, <laughs> he wanted me to go into business. So I did BCom for my first year. I felt the Lord lead me into that. I thought I was too lazy for engineering, and then I did engineering for quite a few years. Um, and now I'm an industrial engineer, working as a transportation engineer. And that's a bit of what, about my story. So I started working last year, so everything's still fresh for me. Yeah, it's, yeah I enjoy it. How did I cope? You yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'm used to three months leave as a student, you know, for, for eight years long. That was my December holidays, two to three months. And now I'm like, yeah, I just quickly put in some leave, you know, probably the same effect. I think about two and a half weeks. And in that two and a half weeks, you try and catch up on all the admin that you missed during the whole year. Like, as a student, I could start businesses in those three months and finish them and whatever. No time for that anymore. So it was interesting. I, yeah, I enjoyed my sleeping late. <laughs> that was great. Um, yeah, so it's a bit of a background about who I am. Yeah, so what I want to speak about today is... Um, yeah, not New Year's resolutions. I think first first sermon of the year. But I do want to ask the question, who of you do have some New Year's resolutions? So you just put up your hand. The things you want to change, some new goals. Okay. So who of you have already uh, messed it up by this time? <laughs> no. So that's a funny thing about New Year's resolutions is I think sometimes we set out with this plan, okay, this is how I want to see my life go this year. I've had about I don't know, 18, 20, 30, 40 years to get this right, but this year, everything's going to change. I don't know, that's sometimes the plan or the thoughts we have in our mind. And, yeah, I'm not going to speak about New Year's resolutions, because I think that's very often our plans. I want to get to a place of, but what's God's plan for us this year? What's His purpose for us? And let's start off there. Let's see what, what is, because sometimes if we just follow our own plans, we have a good way of messing it up. But I think the Bible speaks about, commit your ways to the Lord, and He will establish your thoughts. Um, your, your steps will be ordered by Him if we really trust in Him. So I think for me, that's the place I want to get us in. Not to a place of New Year's resolutions where we have our plans, we just mess it up and feel like a failure. But, okay, but what's God's plan for my life? How is He going to work in us and actually establish our, our ways? 
and yeah, establish our thoughts and make straight paths for our feet. So for me, that's the goal that I want to learn. So don't, when I say these things, think, oh, I'm going to mess it up. No, he's faithful. He will get us through this. He will, he will form in us what needs to be formed. Yeah, so what I, what I felt for us for this year, um, for us as a congregation, is positioning ourselves for the purposes of God. So to position ourselves in a place where we get like a Lord, what's your purposes? How can I step into that which you have for me? I think that's for me the key for today, um, for this message. So let that thing ring in your head. How can I position myself for what God has for me? As I'm going through the points, as I'm going through the scriptures, okay, how can I actually change my heart, my posture? How I, maybe have I not positioned myself in the previous years to allow God to, to, to do what He wants to do in me? And let's just make those shifts to allow Him to actually start working in us uh, what He wants. So yeah, the sermon is called Positioning Yourself for His Purposes. So f- from, from that, positioning yourself for His Purposes, let's just have a look at our starting point. Where do we start off? Of all of this, because I just don't want to send us in direction and launch us. Okay, now we're going to do this A, B, C. This is the plans, but it's actually a starting point before we get to that. And that is in Ephesians 2, verse 4 to 10. I don't know if we can put that up. So let's start from the top, verse 4. But because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. So with this verse, it's, it's just actually showing God is so rich in mercy, so rich in love. And while we were in our trespasses, while we were children of disobedience and wrath, God actually came and saved us. It's through His grace that He actually saved us. And not by any of our own works. So I think for me, to remember that God is love. He, he really loves. He's full of mercy and kindness. That's His heart. He's not this God in the sky with a thunderbolt wanting to strike us when we just do something wrong. He actually made a plan to save us from our trespasses. So verse 6, And He raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Oh, sorry, Almer, I, saw, I didn't give you the version for the, for the Bible. Um, but I'll, I'll read from this one then rather. I'm, I'm on the ESV here. Okay. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. And for me, verse 6, sorry, go back to verse 6. I'm going to go line by line. Um, So verse 6, it says, he raised us up and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. And for me, that is the starting point, knowing this is what Jesus has done. He has established us. He has raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus. So this is, this is our position in, in Jesus. We don't have to go do all these works, do all these plans to eventually get to a place of, now finally I can sit and rest. Now my salvation is secure. We don't have to go and say, but first, if I've covered and sorted out all my sins, then I can rest. No, the difference is this is our starting point. God raised us up in Christ Jesus to be seated in the heavenly realms with Him. That's where we start. That's a starting point of our walk with Jesus. In verse 7 it says, In order that in the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. And for me this is so cool that, that He who is God might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. God's heart and His desire is He wants to be the one who expresses His kindness to us. 
Because then He is glorified. If we see how great He is and actually how His manifold wisdom and His love and His grace expressed towards us as actually receivers, then He's glorified. And so often we, we ask the question, okay, what, what can I bring to God? Like, if, what sacrifice can I bring? But actually, he's, hard. he's got enough money. He's got enough of everything in the world. He doesn't need us, but he wants us. And he actually wants to show just how great he is. And he wants to show the world how great he is through what he can give us. So we actually just need to posture and position ourselves. Okay, Lord, I want to receive what you have for me. So I think there's one, the first thing to remember is like position yourself to receive from him. Okay, the next verse. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. And this is, this is how we get saved. It's once again through His grace, through His unmerited favor that He bestowed on us. Something we didn't deserve. It's not merited, but He gave us this favor. He gave us this gift of eternal life, of salvation. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. I think often these, this word works refers to okay, our good deeds. We're trying to bring sacrifices when we've sinned. When we try and do good things to get into heaven, those are the good works we try and sometimes do. So eventually we can boast, no, I've done very well, like the Pharisees in the Bible. They did very well. No, we're fine. We've done it. We are better than you because we are better morally. And it's, it's no. It's by His grace so that no one can boast. So that no one of us can say, but I did well. No, it's God did well. He did the perfect job. He, he finished it for us. We now boast in Him for our salvation. Because He covered our sins. Um, so once again, this is the starting point. This is where we start off our walk with Jesus. Not the other way around, working hard to get into His kingdom. We start by, we are cleansed by His precious blood. And yeah, I think I really want to hammer this point hard because I've missed this so often in my life. Where I've been trying to do what I feel a Christian should do, but actually must first be who a Christian should be. Start there, and then, then the other things flow naturally. It won't be so difficult to do this. Okay, next verse, verse 10. And here it comes a little bit in of works now. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So here's the first time we're starting to see the word do good works. After all this foundation has been laid of who we are in Jesus, we are seated with Him, saved by grace, but now we have been created for a purpose, and that is to do the good works He set out beforehand for us to do. So God has actually, in a way, laid out, say if this is now a little bar, He's in a way laid out blocks for us to walk in. But we just need to walk. Like, we don't need to walk and then eventually at the end we'll get salvation. We need to just start walking what He already has for us. I think that's the picture this, this verse is painting us. And just to read what the word workmanship means, um, our study Bible gives us little definitions. So poema, I think is the Greek. Um, it says, from the verb poio, to make. Um, compare poem and poetry. The word signifies that which is manufactured, a product, a design produced by an artisan. Poema emphasizes God as the master designer the universe is his creation, and the redeemed believer as his new creation. Before conversion, our lives had no rhyme or reason. Conversion, that is giving your life to Jesus' salvation, brought us balance, symmetry, and order. We are God's poem, his work of art. 
So when we read that word workmanship in verse 10, it's actually saying we are his work of art. He's the one forming us, molding us, making us um, into his image. And he's the, the creator. He's the designer of who we are. And he's the one actually working in us. So we mustn't try and take a scapel ourselves and start cutting off pieces. Okay, this is not right. This is not right. This is not right. I said, but Jesus, come. Come work in me. Because we are his workmanship. And from that place, he says he has prepared for us in advance good works to do. So there is an aspect now we need to do good works. This is why we were called for. Because we don't do any of these good works to get salvation, to get his favor. That's already established. When we give our lives to him, that's, that's it. <laughs> Okay, so everyone's still, still good, huh? Okay, still focused after December's... Uh... <laughs> okay, so I think the danger with all of this is, like I mentioned, we might actually start doing the works of Jesus before we know we are in Jesus. Um, and that will actually lead to you working for, you know, for God's favor. So I want to now speak a bit about the calling of God that he has for us. What is the purpose? So with all of this, okay, what is his purpose for our lives? What is the thing we should actually try and align ourselves with, like I mentioned earlier, we don't want to have our plans and walk out our plans. We want to have God's plans for our lives. So let's take a look at what this is. So, um, I don't know if you can put up Romans 8. For I consider, verse 18, that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. Next verse. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. That the creation itself will be set free from the, its bondage to decay and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Um, maybe go one verse back, sorry. Uh, the one back. Here we go. So this is for me where I want to pause, verse 19. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. And for me, in a way, this the scripture is saying... The whole world, the whole creation, like is waiting for the revealing of the sons of God, the sons and daughters of God. God has made us, and in the world, the world is waiting. But who, who are these people? Who are God's real sons and daughters? So the world can actually look at them and see them and see, but this is who God is. The whole world is waiting for us in a way to, to step up into our calling. Say, so here I am, use me, like to become who Jesus wants us to be. The whole world is waiting for this. God is desiring for us to step out into this place of becoming who He made us to be. So for me, that's, that's so cool. Like, the world is waiting. Like, it's waiting for us to step out. It's not just chilling there out and just disappearing. But we've got a light to shine. If we have a light, we can't hide it in a bucket on a hill. Like we need to show who we are to the world because Jesus, he longs for us to, to be who we're called to be. Okay, let's go to verse 22 then. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Just speaking about that hope we have of one day being with Jesus, having renewed bodies. But up until that time, we've got like an intermediate phase. We're living this life here on earth, and we've got a purpose to fulfill while we are here. And that is revealing the glory of God. That is becoming more like Him. Next verse. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see... 
we wait for it with patience. And, and with this part, it's just as we're hoping, as we're in this intermediary, let's, let's do this with patience. Let's not get like agitated, like anxious, like what God's not doing a work fast enough in me. Let's, whatever we're hoping for, we're trusting for Him to do in us, let's hope for, for patience. Let's be patient in this journey. I think often when we're not patient, we try and make our own plans. We try and take that scapel and start cutting off the pieces that's, that's not from, from Him. So let's be patient while we wait for God to do what He only can do. Okay, next verse, 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And for me, this is one of, also one of the key things I want us to remember. We cannot walk out this journey without the power of the Holy Spirit. If we try and do that, we, we're going to have no power. It needs to be Spirit working in us, helping us in our weakness. Because <laughs> we are the weak. We need to realize that. We aren't so strong as we think. And we need the power of the Spirit to actually walk this thing out, to help us, to walk out this journey at our display the end front, to the good works that He has for us, is to the power of the Spirit that we walk this journey out. And we need to trust Him daily in our lives for that power, for His provision. Okay, next verse. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Yeah, I think that's sort of self-explanatory, but yeah, things will work out for the good. It might always be easy, like Ansel so mentioned, um, but we can trust it will work out for, for his good, for, for those who are called according to his purpose. And next verse, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And for me, this is once again the crux, in a way, the summary of this passage I'm trying to get to. Is he predestined us to be conformed to the image of his son. So predestined speaks of is it sort of is a destiny, and predestined is like, this is my plan for you from the start, to become like my son Jesus, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. So that part of being predestined to the image of His Son, that's for me the, the core. We know this is our purpose. Every single individual here, um, God's plan for us is to become like His Son, Jesus. And this is not in a physical sense, long hair, beard. It's, it's a character thing, a heart thing. That we actually become, we will start to show the Father is through our hearts. And I'll, I'll get to that a bit more later, how that looks like. But for me, when we sang the song, um, uh, Majesty, Forever I am changed by your love in the presence of your majesty. I think for me that's the core of this part. Forever we are changed by his love. It's his love, spending time in his presence, actually changing us. And um, yeah, we need to see his face. We need to seek him out because that's how we change. By getting to know him, by spending time with him, we'll actually start to, to see who he is. And that will start changing us to his image. We can't become like someone who we, we can't see. We need to have this example, and he's an example, a living example. Okay, everyone's still good, huh? It's a few lengthy scriptures. I only have one more to go, which is two verses long. But I think, for me, I need to, I need to explain this to sort of lay the foundation so that we don't get this thing wrong like I've done so much in my life. We start running with the works because I, see, because I see everyone else is running. Everyone else is doing these things. They don't necessarily know the heart that they're doing this from or the stuff that's underneath the foundations. 
So I'm just trying to, to you know, share and build this in. So let's, let's start looking at the example of Jesus. Hebrews 12, verse 1 to 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Next verse. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. For me, this is such a cool picture also of Jesus, actually our, our example. He, he, had this, this, he had the joy set before him of eternal salvation for our souls. And that's something that, yeah, that was his joy, to get to see us coming through and getting to know the Father. Because of that reason, he endured the cross, which was a brutal death. But he had to do that for our salvation. And he had this picture of, he had this vision he was following. I think we also need to see, but what is it that we're living for? Let's not just do the ABCs of the steps, but let's start seeing him. Let's start seeing the joy of our Father. And let that be our motivation. Not to do the right thing, or because everyone else is doing it, I'm going to do it, comparing yourself. But your motivation is, I want to, what, what joy is there for me? I think that's the joy of the Father, being glad that His children is becoming more like Him. That His children are becoming more obedient, and becoming more like Him. So I think that's for us, you know, let that be our vision and joy for this year. Like, Lord, but what do you want? How can I please your heart? How, I don't want to just do the ABCs and just run a race in a way like a headless chicken, you know. They just run with no head. Have you guys seen that? Okay, I haven't. It will probably freak me out. But I've heard it happens. <laughs> yeah, yo, it's, it's, yo, it's hectic. We're gonna, we don't want to be like headless chickens, you know, just running aimlessly around in circles. We want to run with a purpose, like Ants mentioned. Um, what was that word, E, inter? Resolute. Resolute. This is my course. This is where I'm going to run. And also, this scripture encourages us to lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. So with all of this, we need to deal with sin. It's not a thing that we can just shy away from. I think in its core, becoming more like Jesus is getting rid of sins, the things that actually cling and hold us back to becoming more like Him. And it speaks even about weights. These aren't necessarily sins, but things that are actually hindering us for, from that calling. And one of my weights in life is just being way too busy. I'm making active changes to reduce that. Because because I'm so busy, from one thing to the other, I'm jumping A, B, C, D, E to Z of all the stuff I'm doing. And I'm actually not just getting to the place where I'm really doing what Jesus is wanting from me. And those are changes, those are, those are weights that I have to throw off. I really like socials. I like getting to a lot of people, big groups. But I need to throw that thing off. It seems, sounds like such a good idea. It sounds great. I don't know if you, you can agree, all the extroverts. Um, I'm sort of in between. But, yeah, we need to even lay those things down, you know. If it's, if it's a weight and it's hindering you from becoming more like Jesus, um, like I've had to do. Okay, so now coming into a bit of a land. Three-step journey with Jesus. That's just sort of my caption. I want to I wanna lay this thing out in three easy-to-remember points for us. So we don't get the order wrong. The first one is being seated with Jesus. Second one is becoming more like Jesus. The third one is doing the works of Jesus. Those are the three points. Anything you can remember is seated, becoming more like Jesus, and doing the works of Jesus. Okay, so let's, let's start. So seated with Jesus, I've covered that in Ephesians 2. That's our starting point, our position in Him. That's where we start. Um, knowing our salvation is secure. Now, becoming more like Jesus. 
Um, so I'll, I'll share from, from a bit of example from my life, very practically what the Lord has recently shared and revealed to me in December times. I think I've, I've realized this pattern in my life of usually being tired. And I've realized this, this is a weight I need to throw off. Even not resting properly, like actually God commands us to rest. Um, if we stay in commandments, you know, honor the Sabbath. So I'm not honoring God and reflecting Him well in that area. I've done much better from two years ago to now. I think I'm 10 times better. But I'm not where God wants me yet. So I need to still make those adjustments. And I really felt the Lord speak to me that I need to start recalibrating this the thing of rest. To just plan out my rest, plan out your sleeping times. Um, so that I can actually become and portray who He is. So I, I had to put things in place. Like the scriptures about honor the Sabbath. There's scriptures in Hebrews 4, Hebrews 3, 4. It says um, there's a rest for us. So work hard to enter that rest. Don't miss it. Um, Jesus even rested. He, he slept, took a nap in a boat. That's great. I must follow his example more like that. Um, but, um, and also, he, he just sometimes isolated himself to go rest on a mountain alone. He's had a busy day for a lot of people. And when I'm seeing this in Scripture, I'm realizing this is not my life yet. Lord, come change my heart. Holy Spirit, come search my heart. Come change me. Come change what's in you. Help me. Give me wisdom how to make the right changes to actually start moving in the right direction because I need this. I need to throw off these weights. These sins, I need to throw off the sins. And I think that's just how I'm learning in this journey. So as I'm preaching, I'm preaching to myself. Like I need to take note of this and apply this this year because I want to I wanna run my race well. I want to get to the end. Here Jesus says, well done, good and faithful servant. You've heard the steps, you've heard my voice, and you've obeyed. I think that's the part of becoming more like Jesus. And once again, this links to Romans 8, the purpose why God made us. He wants us to reflect His Son, Jesus. So we need to be open for change. <laughs> Who likes change? <laughs> Not a lot of hands. Change is difficult. It's uncomfortable. But do we need it? <laughs> okay, so point three, doing the works of Jesus. So consider this. And consider what were the works of Jesus. And we can see this throughout the Bible. It's so evident in the New Testament. If we could just go read it, we can see what Jesus did. I think this is the end part of Ephesians 2, verse 10. It says, He's created us for good works to walk in them. Knowing who we are, reflecting the character of Jesus, and now, now walk in the things that He has for us. And now I want to get a bit practical. How does this look like for us? So the key thing is, I think, doing what Jesus would have done where you are at. And this can be in your work, um, your workplace, it can be at school, it could be in your home, with your family, it can be while you're with friends, while you're with strangers, um, wherever you find yourself, um, to just then do what Jesus did in that, those circumstances. I think the key is not to put up a mask and fake it. That's just going to tire you out I think then go back to step one and two and figure that thing out first before you start trying to act like a Christian. Otherwise, you're going to burn yourself out. Okay, so the key is doing what he did. This is some examples. He prayed for others, even his enemies. He prayed with other people and also for their healing. He fasted and sought the face of God to see what is his will. He waited on God also to know his will, to wait, take a time out. He taught others how to obey God's commands. He loved people. He had patience with others. He turned the other cheek when someone you know, smacked him. He taught us. <laughs> That's difficult. 
Um, having, okay, have another shot. Eh? It's not so lacquer, but <laughs> that's what he said. <laughs> Being, yeah, you know, just taking that sometimes. Walking the extra mile. If someone's asked you to do one thing, be willing to go a bit further. Going over and beyond the minimum standard. Loving the outcast and the lonely. Taking the place of humility and serving others. He had compassion on the lost. He laid down his life for his friends. Even while we were sinners and children of disobedience, he died for us. Yeah, so think, just think, when you're in your, your workspace, how can you live this out? If someone needs prayer, can I maybe just pray for them? If you see someone is getting cold, maybe give them a jersey. If you see someone's hungry, give them food. It's very practical. We can't just say all these nice things, but not do it. We need to A and B. Say it and, and do it. Honoring your boss, doing your work of excellence, just being on time for your job. Those are all things we can actually start honoring God and showing the example of Jesus, doing His works. And I think hopefully through us doing this, through us living like He did, people will see the Father. And I trust that there will be salvations coming out of this. It's not normal for someone to just see someone on the street you don't know and say, hey, can I help you? Can I walk you across the street? Can I carry your bags for you? Um, people might today's stage think you want to steal their bags, but I don't know. I think there's some good examples. That might be a few years ago. If you see someone spill their coffee, just being saying, hey, can I buy you a new one? Just something small like that, you know, but we can actually show the love of Jesus in a very practical way in everyday life. So trust Him. Like some, some people just bake cookies for someone I can't bake cookies, but if someone does it for me, it's just like, wow, you were so thoughtful. People actually think about these things. Or just washing someone's dishes. I think there's all ways. People, the world, it's not normal to ask someone, hey, how's it really going with you? And not just run off. These are all very practical examples for us, how we can actually share, share the love of Jesus. And even the testimonies that came out today, um, from Justin, from Ruan, it's just, it's so cool to see that just small acts can actually, by sh sharing love, responding to a message, can actually lead to people seeing more of Jesus. So let's open our eyes. Let's try and see this opportunity. Let's pray for opportunities for Him to actually show us how we can walk in His good works He has prepared beforehand for us to work, walk in. Um, yeah, so in the, in the end, I think God is interested in our ability no, sorry, sorry. <laughs> He's not interested in our ability. <laughs> He's interested in our availability. He doesn't care how skilled and equipped you are. Um, he, will, he will equip you if needed. Just a quick story on this. So, I think um, it was an outreach I went to in 2011 when I was grade 11. I took my guitar along. I knew almost no one there. It's a three-week outreach where you camp, minister to kids and teenagers. And, but the leader saw, oh, I've got a guitar. You can probably sing and lead worship. So, hey, can you lead us in a few songs? I'm like, yes, I can. I'm willing. Yeah, I go. So I take out the guitar, take out the coaches. I haven't looked at these things in three months or something. I can't really remember how to play the course, but I'm willing. Here I am. So now we sit in a little circle. I start strumming and yeah, yeah. this awful sound coming out of my voice. This goes on for a few minutes or so. And he looks at me and he, he says, but Monique, you can also lead worship, right? <laughs> Few minutes in. Uh, I was so relieved he did that because I was willing, but I wasn't equipped. Yes, he, I wasn't equipped at all. But I think that's a good heart to have, you know. You will, so it took about a few years. That was 2011. About 12, 13, 14 years. Now I can sort of sing on, on key now. 
But I was willing. He brought the equipping. For me, it just took very long. I trust it won't take so long for you. But I think having those hearts that's it's willing and available, saying, Jesus, here I am, use me. I think that's what's the key thing too. Here I am, I want to walk this road. Yeah, so with that, I want to land. And yeah, just trust that hopefully through what, what you've heard today, you'll see maybe here are some things I can actually start walking in more, walking more into the calling that Jesus has for me. So for me, I want to you know, just ask us to respond with this. I think the first thing is if you heard this message and you realize that I actually don't know this Jesus that you're speaking about. I don't know this life that you, you're speaking about. I don't feel secure. I don't know when I'm going to go one day when I die. But I want to get to know this Jesus. I want to make the changes necessary. Um, John 3 verse 16 says, For God so loved the world, that's us, that he sent his only begotten son, Jesus, so those who believe in him might have eternal life. Um, that's his promise for us. So, yeah, maybe with that, maybe we can close our eyes for this one. I just don't want to let this opportunity go, go past without, yeah, giving the net out to someone to respond. So if there's someone here, you're realizing you want to get to know the Jesus, you want to make those changes, I want to ask you just to stick up your hand. Anyone? Okay. Cool. No problem. Welcome to chat afterwards also if you want to. And the second point is, um, if you've been very, trying very hard to walk out this road, if you've been really trying hard to be a good Christian, um, you know this is what Jesus called you to, but it just doesn't seem like it's coming naturally. It's not coming from a place of rest. You're working hard. You're not knowing you're secure in Him. I'd also like to pray for that group. So maybe you, know, you, can, just, you can maybe just stand for us. I think that'd be cool. If there's someone who feels like, I want to, or maybe just put up your hand, respond in any way. I just want to pray for this group of people. Just anyone, you feel you've been trying very hard to walk out this road, but it's just not working. You, and actually, it's because you're not secure in your place in Jesus. You're trying to earn His, his um, pleasure and His salvation. Anyone like that? Okay, no problem. So the last one, this is, this is something I feel for us corporately. Um, you know, to say in a way, Lord, here I am, use me. I want to be used for your purposes. Um, I was wondering if we can pray this prayer together as a church. So I actually want to ask us to stand up um, for this. I've got the, the prayer on the board. It's going to come up now. And we can just actually read this, pray this together. It's in a way just saying, I realize I can't earn your salvation. I can't earn it, but I've got it. Because of your gift, and now I want to say, Jesus, here I am. Use me. And I think as for us, a proclamation as a church for this year going forward, Saying we want to walk in the purposes of God. We want to see your kingdom come. Okay, so here we go. We can just read and say it out together. <laughs> so, Lord, I realize that nothing I can do can ever get me salvation or favor in your eyes. Thank you for saving me, dying on a cross while I was still a sinner. I acknowledge that I don't have to work or do anything for my salvation, but that is a free gift. In knowing this, I acknowledge that I am your handiwork and you have prepared good works beforehand for me to walk in. I want to walk in what you have for me. Here I am. Use me as you please. I am your vessel. Help me see the opportunities that you have prepared for me and then to act as you would have acted. Let your kingdom come and let your will be done. Amen.